So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Richard O'Shields, and far off to the north, up there in the white stuff, who are you now? <laughs> That's where you curveball, I'm having an identity crisis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we're going to have to switch over. Who knew? Uh, well, you know, new titles. I'm, 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 I'm Nikki Leach. Writing is Jean Victoria Norlock. I've, you know, that hasn't changed. Uh, but we did launch the morning show today, and I was Nikki Leach, and that was interesting because usually on this show I'm Jean. So, how fun is that? How What's fun your is name? that? I don't know. What's your name? What am I supposed to call you this episode? So maybe we'll just transition and try to be Richard and Nikki on all of the shows so that I, I can remember. I, I'm having enough trouble changing my own name. <laughs> so we might as well just go get them all while we're at it. But, of course, that means that it was, yes, this very morning that we uh, aired live our first episode of Waking Up with Everyday Connection. And I must say, it was pretty silky smooth, that operation this morning. It was. And and what a cool new way to do the show i love having somebody running the board other than you <laughs> not that you don't do a good job but it's really cool to have to just be able to show up and talk i think is what i'm saying show up and talk Elder, and, and warrior indian best warrior indian richard right? say warrior indian richard say you're wandering into box canyon no way out <laughs> <laughs> but seriously but really it nice no it was lovely have and you in um, Q-ins, commercials. It was so different than what we usually do on I the mean, night show. So different. Very, very but different. But fun. And um, uh, we have, you know, a lot more material that's going to fill things. We were uh, doing well, to, we thought, to get the show off. But, man, it just went. Uh, Addison is, has really burned the midnight oil and, you know, needs kudos and extra points because uh, – uh, he had it all under control, and uh, you know, because we started with an attempted launch on Friday, in, in, in which case I destroyed the entire platform, but to re-register <laughs> the software and everything. <clears throat> uh, but then I felt better because he destroyed it on Sunday. So, so I guess there has to be destruction in order for there to be rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. We so, just not how that works. Absolutely. 
when when things seem to be falling apart, it's probably just that they're starting to fall together into something new and better. Because it was, it was just amazingly smooth and and um, and it was. It was nice to, you know, for me to say, all right, we're we right back after these important messages and type go into a lifeless screen, and then in a few seconds hear Addison's voice say, and the PSA is playing. You know, it, yeah, it's 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 very cool. Yeah, so uh, everybody, we always tell you to go to our website at the end of the show after we've talked about our guests' website, and we're going to talk about our guests and stuffs and websites, and but do get by EverydayConnection.me and check it out. And uh, certainly for the time being, these evening shows will also be on the Blog Talk feed, so that they'll be on your Blog Talk iTunes feed. But we're Man, the sound quality. Did you hear the replay? You heard part of the replay, didn't you? I heard part of the replay. The sound quality is crazy good. Crazy good. And if I just those... got a message from somebody who's listening to it right now, listening to the replay, and he's he's impressed. Yeah, it's Most not that not that telephone sounding. Uh, no. I, I don't want to down Blog Talk. Blog Talk connected more people on this planet in a flash than most of oh, anything yeah, else outside absolutely. of Facebook. And and it certainly has been an excellent platform for us as we grew, but we thought it was time that you guys got the kind of sound quality you deserve. You know, so CD sound quality. It, 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 you can hear all the times our voice cracks. <laughs> I mean, new games that we're gonna play. <laughs> Wait, Speaking yeah. of games so, that we're gonna play, yeah. we have a new playmate tonight. So Just, why don't we introduce her and talk to her and find out what games she's been up to? That's right. Um, we have with us tonight Lisa Osina. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Just doing great. <laughs> We're awesome. I love it. <laughs> She's spunky. We're going to have a good night. The whole time. <sighs> She's spunky. I like her. We like spunky. Can we keep her? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Lisa. You're bringing hey, me back hey. to my good old days. I'm going to have to ask you the question the way we used to ask it, just because it's you. Just because you can. Just because I can, sure. right? She gave me permission there just a second ago. I yeah. felt it. Mm-hmm. Lisa, who the hell are you and what do you do? Who the hell am I and what do I do? Well, I like that. I like that. That works for me. Um, I'm this girl that um, was transplanted basically from upstate New York, Woodstock, New York, in fact, to Israel in 1970. Uh, lived on a kibbutz <clears throat> for 10 years and then zigzagged back and forth between Britain, the United States, and Israel for a few years and settled in London. Um, when I was in my late teens, I was reading Carlos Castaneda and um, all the other wonderful authors that were writing that then, everybody except Lynn Andrews, who for some reason did not fall off the bookshelf for me at that time. But she did later on in life. And uh, that was when I started getting into wolves um, and power animals and spirits and deities and realized that we got a whole big, big circus that accompanies us on this earth plane. 
We just have to recognize them, acknowledge them, and listen to them. Um, and that's what my book, Wolf Song, is about. It was brought to me on 11-11-11 by a wolf in a meditation who just said I was, he was going to start working with me for the next year. And I said, with what? And he started dictating wolf song to me. So that's where I've been. That's where I am. Um, I can continue telling you about a wolf song, or you can tell me, did I tell you enough of what the hell I am? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell I am? <laughs> where, where do you start? <laughs> yeah, what is a wolf song? You, you've gone into a realm of, um, and this is not easily done, because we've been doing this, mind you, for over two and a half years, but you've gone into a realm that I'm not familiar with. So what's the wolf song? Well, a wolf song is centered on two girls and their wolf spirits. Uh, by wolf spirits, I mean totems, power animals, uh, animal spirits that accompany you that you've recognized or not recognized. Um, in shamanic practice, we use animal spirits to enhance our own lives by using their abilities as well. Um, and most of us have a primary power animal, as we call it. Um, mine is a wolf. Um, I wanted to write about what I'd learned in Menandrew school. I wanted to write fiction. I didn't really know I was going to write a book until my wolf started telling me that I was going to write a book. And for me, it was a big lesson in trust because it's not every day that you just kind of listen to whatever's coming into your head or your heart and type it and decide that you're writing a book. <laughs> Publishers wanted outlines from me, and I didn't really know where the book was going, where the story was going. I didn't know what it was about until I reread it myself. I'm very happy to hear that two and a half years you haven't heard about a book like this. It makes it sound unique. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I've read a book like A Wolf Song. It will take you... It, it has you in the physical on this earth plate here and now, and the next thing you know it, the girls are off on a dream, and they're in a different world, different lifetime, different dimensions. Um, and I think by the end of the book, one would say that it really doesn't matter where you are, what lifetime you're in. If your heart is open and your belly is listening, you're here, and you are in the present. The present is relative. The here is relative. Indeed. Indeed. There's now now what do we do, Rex? You just summed up summed up our show. <laughs> summed up the show, yes. <laughs> Two and a half years of it here. Now I here. You're here now. One. Now <laughs> We covered that I'm, on the I'm, show I'm, this morning. Here now, here, here. Now. We did. We we covered that a lot. I'm I'm interested because I like the way you talk about the writing process, which is which is something because I'm, I'm a fellow author who who did the same oh. thing. And you're right, the publishers do want outlines, and they do want this, and they do want that, which is why I ended up going with the publisher that I go with because um, he didn't. He just wanted the book. And um, but 
I think the new energy writing really is just letting it flow. And and people are really struggling with this this old idea of having an outline and having this and having that when the story's in there. And once you're given the story, you can't do anything other than write the bloody thing down, really, can you? I mean, that's just it. You just have to go ahead and just write it down and yeah, allow I the mean, story to take you wherever it's going to take you. Yeah. I mean, the sentence even. It's, it's to that point, I'll start a sentence and end up in a completely different place. Um, <laughs> and that's what's so surprising and enjoying it. It's exciting. It's, you know, I have an idea. Uh, the wolves give me a few words. They tell me what the lesson is. But the rest of it, they just give me this movie to watch while I'm typing. And it just kind of happens right before my eyes. And I explain it of what's happening, of what I'm seeing when I'm typing. But nine times out of ten, I'll start a sentence in one place, and it is not the sentence I meant to write. <laughs> that's, um, that's that new, new energy else? authorship. It, Nikki up there with the, you know, would write something by hand. Weren't you writing by hand in notebooks? I, I did. My first so, my first two books were written by hand, and I think that was for a reason uh, because the writing the writing was not my handwriting. But I, a you, lot of it. You would write something by hand, and and then mm-hmm. read it and and like take it to your friend and go, I can't say this. But you just wrote yeah. it with your hand. Yeah, I, would. Say, I can't say this because I didn't. <laughs> I get because I didn't. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't agree with the information that that I was being given until I. I kind of had to learn to live it and, and experience it myself. But at first, it was against everything that I knew to be a truth or had been raised to, to believe yeah. was a truth. So I, my heart knew better, but my mind was like, no, they're going to disown you. Your friends are going to well, run away. The world's going to burn sane. you at the stake. <laughs> they want to keep us sane, our brains. They really do. And we need them desperately. I mean, we do need them. But uh, sometimes we have a little meditation called Keeper of the Brain, and we send them, we send Keeper of the Brain to the spa or to the pub or for a walk. And they, you go sit over there for a while, and we'll invite you back when we're ready. <laughs> um, I understand that totally, Nikki, completely. And it's really so nice to empathize with someone. <laughs> Isn't it? It's 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 fun yes. to be able to talk yes. to people who who get it because yes. I I, I remember really somebody approaching me about a, a young lady approaching me about how to to write and was was re, really being pushed in in school to write a certain way, um, but it, her and her marks were atrocious and she said, what do I do? And I said, okay, you know what? Get a get a voice recorder and talk into it. And then write that down. And she said her her marks just skyrocketed because by doing that she was allowed to she was allowing herself to let the information just flow out of her. Mm-hmm. And she was yeah. she wasn't worrying so much about about structure and grammar. And you know you can go back and correct those things, but the story has to come out first. And but yeah. that's not what we were taught in school, is it? At all? It's it's the complete opposite of what we were taught. So it's so nice now to be able to talk to authors who write from the heart. Yeah, it drives it the editors so crazy. I'm sure. So educated, 
there were so many roles, and there still are. Um, I sent a wolf song to someone for an edit in the very beginning, and I received the standard editor comments, such as, you haven't said what place they're in, you haven't given a year, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't forget. <laughs> there is a reason for it. It's not that I forgot, I just didn't. <laughs> it wasn't acceptable. She she couldn't edit it. She said, well, you either turn this into a book or I can't do this. And I said, okay, and this isn't for you. <laughs> um, wow. On the other hand, I ended up self-publishing. And the editor at Balboa, who I never spoke to, never conversed with, somehow or another got it. I don't know how. I think she changed practically every other sentence because I do write sentences backwards. Um, but throughout the whole book, maybe I had five context changes and they were like, well, she's already there. You have to, you know, she's, you know, she already walked across the room. She doesn't need to do it again. Or, you know, there were things like that. Um, and one of the comments, which I loved and I kept it in the book, um, was she got to part two of the book and realized um, that they weren't, in, in part one, they weren't where she thought they'd been. <laughs> they were in a totally different country. She was sure that they were in Australia or something, and they weren't. And um, she was very disappointed, and you have to think somewhere. So somewhere in between chapter one and chapter five, you'll see a city or a town in in New York State. I just kind of threw it in and hid it in one of the sentences. Hit it back there in the corner. Um, but that's about it. That's practically that's about well, it. Because really, you, the meaning of the story is it could be anywhere. Your your experience had some, uh, you know, going through life has had some scene changes. I guess you could call them. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from Israel at, what, 13, onto a kibbutz, and then yeah. 14 years in London. So do you identify yourself as any of those uh, citizenships or just flavors that are part of the... I, yeah, process? I've always said I'm a citizen of the world. And since the world, the word universe has become synonymous with God, um, I really love that. Because I used to always say I went to the University of the Universe and I belong to the Universe, and I used to use all these words way back then as a political statement. You know, I'm anti-national, uh, and today we're using them as spiritual words. <laughs> I just said talked about something completely different, but you know, why not? Let's let's go on another tangent. It's what we do. <laughs> it's what we do. We're tangent experts over here. I love the way words and trendy words change from from era to era. Uh, and it's very interesting that wolf, gratitude, and forgiveness are just like the buzzwords of the spiritual world this year. Well, my wolf must have known two years ago that that was going to happen. <laughs> Someone asked me, they said, oh, what are you writing about these trendy things? And I said, well, three, two years ago, three years ago when I was writing it, they weren't trendy. <laughs> I was, 
I was has given trendy me before trendy, trendy was work. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But the story is really a metaphor of forgiveness and how to forgive using gratitude as a tool. That's the big, big message of A Wolf Song. Uh, the girls go through a deep tragedy in their very young years and um, become very happy with themselves, realize that had these things not occurred, they wouldn't be who they were today, and therefore forgive. Very simple. Oh. Um, and... and uh... And I didn't know that was the message until I reread it. Uh, a fascinating combination, too, of uh, I'm not sure that, that people are used to putting forgiveness and gratitude together in the same sentence, much mm-hmm. less using one as a tool for the other. Right. It's the golden path to forgiveness. The minute you bring yourself into a state of gratitude about a situation, obviously the first thing is identifying the thing that you want to forgive. It is so much so that, you know, we, we're pissed off at something, we're angry at something, we're jealous or whatever it is that negative that we feel about something and we don't always know what it is we have to forgive and the identification of what you're forgiving is the first thing. Then you work on being great, you know, grateful. And it takes years. It's not something you can do overnight. Another thing I learned about forgiveness is that you don't have to go up to the other person and say, I forgive you. It's about you. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> mm. I always thought I had something to do with them. For years, I thought it had and it, that's, to do with them. I said, well, I can't, you know, I can't even go up to them. They're, they're, you know, it's not someone I'm going to approach. Or How can I forgive them? And that's from conditioning. Conditioning of all those movies of the, you know, the, 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 when they're about to die, the bedside chat, oh, yes, I forgive you. For all the things in the movies. Yeah, well, we're kind of taught yeah. that that's, that's what we do. Yeah. You know? You don't have to. You don't have to. No. We can, let, we can be rid of those burdens way, way, way earlier in life and actually enjoy life. <clears throat> then what a concept Absolutely. there. Actually enjoy life. So that's why we came, sort of. I mean, why would we come to not enjoy? <clears throat> Right. But, yeah, it's never made it's, sense it, it, why people think that, but the it's the giant it's the giant mystery of it all. It, it makes so much sense once you figure it out, but until you figure it out, the whole concept it is boring. Like all those people are talking Japanese. Exactly, exactly. It's it, it it's not something that's easily explained when you're in a vibration of of self-loathing. You know, when you're when you're in a space where, and, and the truth of the matter is, the only time you're going to to really feel hate, anger, angst, any of those things towards anybody is because there's something within you that you haven't balanced out yet. There's something within you that you aren't in alignment with. There's something within you that you don't like. That's right. 
to me. The prime example is, why did he say that to me? And you're all into it then. And I turn around and I say, do you really think that person cares enough to think all those things you're thinking that he thinks about you? Do you think he even gave it that thought? That's you thinking those things about you. He's just putting up the mirror. And it's so powerful and people get so angry when you turn it back on them and say, no, this is yours. Because they don't want it. They want to blame someone else. It's easier, certainly. Yeah, it's easier, but you don't get anywhere. At the end of the day, you really don't get anywhere by blaming someone else. A childhood game of hot potato, it never it never lands anywhere. It just keeps flying around, getting everywhere. Yeah, and it keeps burning you, too. On every, you know, every time you want to make a decision, all of a sudden, all the other wounds come up and start sabotaging you. Um, I found that when I got rid of so many of the things I wanted to forgive and the baggage, and I had a lot of time on my hands. And it was wonderful to be able to finally have the space within me to experience self-love. And you can't experience that self-love while you are full of all the morose for yourself, all the dislike for yourself. It is a metaphysical thing. You do have to let those things out, make space in your body for the self-love to live, and let it live there. In shamanism, we tend to create objects and live by experience, and learn by experience. So if we're going to be making a teaching, we may hear a small teaching and then we go and do it. We actually do it, whether it be releasing control or um, living in a state of joy all day or being grateful for two hours, just, you know, flexing those muscles and getting yourself used to doing those things, we will make every excuse not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But when you do let go of those things, you can fill yourself with the self-love and you can actually feel it and see it. So we go through the experience of experiencing it, knowing what it feels like, knowing where it lives in our body, and then we take it a step further and we take a creation that symbolizes that teaching. It can be a fetish, it can be a painting, it can be a story, uh, anything. But when you take that teaching, it's kind of like making shields. If you're studying one of the one of the four sacred directions and you make a shield, You're manifesting on that shield all the experiences that you went through while experiencing that direction. It's a very, very good, solid way to learn. You can't unlearn it once you do that. You can't forget it because your cells, your body, everything remembers it. All right, you've made it a multi-layered experience. I used to, I finally fell upon that method for me for learning things. If I hear it, then write it down and read it so I see it, 
um, and have at some point in the hearing and writing understood it, so I kind of felt it. I don't ever forget that, really. But if I just do one, if I don't run it through all the different divisions, it doesn't stick, really. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, you just kind of explained going around the medicine wheel in plain English. <laughs> oh, I did? Yes, cool. in a lot of ways. You had four things that you did, and I'm sure we could place those in different directions. Have you ever done a medicine wheel? Uh, not in no. this lifetime, but maybe. <laughs> Put a circle, draw, draw, a circle draw, pa- draw a circle on a piece of paper in front of you. Let's try this. Okay. Hold on. Must get paper. Finding paper. I'm all about being guinea pig. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's play. We have fun being guinea pig. Okay. Paper. And then you can mark Circle. your north, your south, your east, your west. And know that for this particular medicine wheel, we're going to have spirit in the north. We're going to have mental in the east. In the south, we'll have physical. And in the west, emotional. And I go from the south around the medicine wheel, so I call that P-E-S-M. It sure beats pros and cons. (laughs) You put your issue in the middle of the wheel. Let's say, what will our issue be? Uh, How do we feel love? Love. Let's just put love in the middle. So in the South, you're going to write two or three words what love means to you in the physical. And I could add a few more aspects to it. Think of the child and the mouse, the curiousness, the innocence. And jot down a few words for yourself. You don't have to say what they are. Tell me when you're finished. I, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, me too. Okay, now we're going to go into the West. And as you think about the West, or you feel the West, you can see the sun setting in the West. You can feel the transformation of day into night. And it tugs at your emotion. The word is love. Go ahead and write down a few words in the West for love. I'll go up to the North. The Spirit and the Wolves and the Night and the Winter. And we're going to write a few words about love there.
We're going to get to share these. <laughs> in the east. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. In the east, concentrate on the brain activity of love, the wisdom of love, the old wise one, time, the trickster. Now, once you've gone around the wheel, we're back into the south. Don't read your words. Write new words of how you will manifest love in this hour. And I bet you all have big, big smiles on your faces. (laughs) Busted. (laughs) What you've done, I'm not going to tell you what you've done. You know what you've done. That is what I do with every decision I make in life. I take it around the wheel. Now, I use love because it's such a universal feeling that can be expressed in so many different ways and in all four directions. And I knew that it would be a gift to you because you would find a new meaning of love doing that, that you could feel in your belly. But we do this with decision-making. This is how I discern things as opposed to judging. Instead of taking all the wounds that I have in the world and having them make my decisions, I take it around the medicine wheel and check out every aspect of myself. How is that for you? It's a it's an awesome process and way to sort of look at how it is in your your body, but also how it is in uh, your mental body, your emotional body, your spirit body, your ethereal body. We talk about all these bodies and bringing them all together and being aware, being here in the now. But that's an excellent uh, touchstone method of of going around to incorporate all of that. It's an amazing tool. It's so magical. I find that whenever I'm angry at someone, the minute I get around the wheel with them, I'm in love with them and know how to develop, know how to resolve the issue. There's another thing you can do when you are arguing is take it between east and west a few times. We call it the east-west, nowhere to nowhere. Nowhere. (laughs) Pass and nowhere. Are you thinking about what you're feeling or are you feeling about what you're thinking? And seeing how futile that is. (laughs) 
and I used to do that oh. as a matter of course. I mean, that was how I considered things. I thought about what I felt, and I felt about what I thought, and I went round and round and round in circles and never got anywhere. And finally, one yeah, day, I one of my husband said, Lisa, put it on the wheel. You're, she said, Lisa, you're a niece was crazy. I said, what's that? <laughs> she said, go put that on the wheel. Have fun with it. And now whenever I get into that syndrome, I think of the wheel. I whoa, go to the north, Lisa. Go to the north. Bring your inspiration. Bring spirit in. Bring the pureness in. Then think about it in the east. It's a whole different picture once you've added that ingredient. What I'd like to do one day is sit down with a very experienced psychotherapist and say, okay, how do you do this as a shrink? How do you do this in therapy with people? Do you do this with people in therapy? Because it's a good tool. You might want to try it. I haven't had that opportunity yet. Imagine that. And, and, and the only the only psychotherapist that we've ever had on the show um, probably uses this technique. <laughs> yeah. That's one of her methods. <laughs> it's a wonderful technique. It really is. Um, just living in the four directions and learning them. In school, we spend many, many, many months in each direction. And... Um, you walk out with, with a real toolbox, kind of like walking around with your toolbox on you at all times instead of leaving it in the car. And they were probably the wrong tools in the first place. Yeah, you need to get the, the wolf utility belt. Forget the bat utility belt. Get the wolf utility <laughs> belt. It's better. The wolf is a wonderful teacher and tracker. That's what I find very, very useful for me. And they sit on my shoulder, my wolves. Um, I, I was very, very fortunate that my spirit wolves were actually with me in the physical as well. Um, so I know them in the physical, and I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to write a wolf song, because I know them both so well, those two wolves. Well, and uh, certainly... Uh Wolf energy. I well, I'm on mute often because people. I'm on my patio generally during shows, and people walk by, and and uh, I keep teasing. I'm, I'm going to get a big on-air sign to blink at them or whatever. But um, not five minutes into the show, a um, normally fairly quiet dog here in the complex started howling. Not my dog, but one of the neighbors' dogs just started howling. And I was like, okay, cool stuff. Yeah, my, mine went crazy up in the house there for the first, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they just wouldn't shut up. And they never do that. Not for that long, not unless somebody's here. They were like, Mom, there's a wolf in the oh. house. There's a wolf in the house. Did you see the wolf? <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> confirmations like that. Synchronistic confirmations like that come often if you're looking, if you're listening. Um, the simplicity of Wolf Song. I mean, I started at 11, 11, 11. I finished at 11, 11, 12. 
and it was live on Amazon, 11-11-13. And that was not under my control. <laughs> I thought that was extremely divine. Uh, that is very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. there's some, some amazing things. That, uh, the illustrations. Do you have the book in front of you? Have you seen the illustrations? They're do not. phenomenal. Um, well, if you go to my website at www.lisaocina.com, there are some illustrations there. Uh, they were produced by, or created rather, by a friend of mine from school, Susan Wagner. And I gave her very, very brief descriptions of what I needed last summer. And my first email from her was, who's that black wolf that keeps coming? Is that Lynn? <laughs> said, no, dear, that's the author. Listen to him. She said, okay. Well, Susan duplicated the visions that I had while I was writing. She would send me her vision, her illustration, and it was exactly the visions, that, the illustrations you see are what I saw when I was typing. And I didn't draw them for Susan. <laughs> so <we'll see. laughs> That's awesome. He's been, uh, they've been working overtime, I know that. I've had people call me from all over the place saying, I've got your book, I have no contact information, and I don't know where I got your phone number from. And I said, well, you're calling me, so you must have, must be written in front of you somewhere. No, I don't know where I got your phone number from, but I loved <laughs> your book. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I take it all. I accept it all because I think anything can happen with a wolf. It's uh, and I'm writing chapter um, book two right now. It is going to be a trilogy. The second book is called A Wolf Song Faces a Transformation, and there's a new power animal. The wolves are there too, but there's a new animal, and it's a chameleon. And she is teaching them. Oh, there he goes. Uh, she's teaching um, them how to shift shift. Oh. And I'm just finishing I'm cool. chapter three right now. Yeah, they're shape shifting. They're learning how to take the sh- take the shapes of different entities and bring them into the physical and how to disappear and how to walk on luminous fibers and travel throughout the world. So they'll be doing some world travel as well. And this time I'm getting it not in little snippets, I'm getting it in chunks. Big, big, big chunks. And I keep saying to Wolf, I'm not going to remember all this. You can't give me all of this at once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> big brain, but not that big. <clears throat> not so big. Yeah, yeah. Big, big, big chunk. I know that feeling. <clears throat> like, whoa. Was that the encyclopedia? Stop, stop, wait, wait. Can we go letter at a time? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, can I go research this country you're taking me to? Because I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Canada. What do you mean the Philippines? It's like, could you find something farther away? <laughs> well, I've decided they do want me to go to another place. I'm taking them to Israel. 
I've decided, the brain decided that they're going to go to Israel instead. It's a Middle East country. It's just this place. It, 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 it's good enough. I, <laughs> they want me to go to Afghanistan, and um, I don't want to go to Afghanistan. It might change in the edit, but right now they're going to Israel. <laughs> good luck with that. I know, I know, I know. I keep seeing it, and it's like, no, it's not Israel. But it is a place I've been to in Israel. It's, it's weird. It's a combo. It's the, the place that I'm seeing is in Israel, but the country, I'm told, is Afghanistan. And it may be that Israel was Afghanistan at the time that I'm there. That's what I'm thinking of this. Because Afghanistan was very, very, very bad. Afghanistan was Babylon. I mean, it was huge. Right? We want to get the history books mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> global, like, huge. Yeah. Once upon a time. The time they're in is, you know, it's before time. There were no countries in, in what they're going to experience then. So, okay, I've told you about the second book too much. <laughs> uh oh. <clears throat> back up. Can wait. we do that? Wait, back up. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We do. We do that too. Well, <clears throat> I'm curious, um, and I think I think before I ask this question, we should probably take a break because I bet you it's, there's a bit of a story behind it. Okay. So probably there is, and amazingly enough, we're just right at the halfway point. So you know. Yeah. Strange surprise that. Oh no, not really. Um, so what should we what should we have on break time tonight? Jean, Jean, Nikki. Uh, hey you. Okay. Well, Simon went through all of those on his on his deal too. Jean, Jean. I want to call her Nikki too. I don't know. And so see, he's confused in advance again. This Simon guy. <clears throat> Um, I don't know. We got Indian stuffs. Do you, you put music on, uh, Richard? Do you have a? We you have. Have? We always play music over over break, and uh, we could play a Jana song. But if we're going to put it on, we're not ASCAP certified over on Blog Talk, so we better not do that yet. But we can certainly do Earth Prayer. Ho'oponopono is from Hawaiian Absolutely. indigenous folks. That's Hawaiian Indians. If you're going to use that word. I mean, they called them Indians over here because they thought they were in the Indies and they weren't. So they're not <laughs> what confusing words, people. Um, Earth prayer, huh? Earth prayer. Okay. From our dear friend Ina V. And uh, we'll be right back with uh, Nikki's big question. Another one she has. So stay with us, folks. This is our 
Everyday Connection on the Flow Cooperative, an entirely new stream on the scene. Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend Ina V with her song, Earth Prayer. 
And we do hope you'll check her out at her website at enavi.com. That's E-N-A-V-I-E.com. And uh, pick up some awesome music and check out the Earth Prayer Project. She's doing some magical philanthropic work with the proceeds from that song that uh, we live so much. Because we love it. We love it. We do. Yes, we do. We love it. We love it. And loving another fun and adventuresome, expansive conversation with uh, Lisa Osina. Indeed. You you had a question that came to mind, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to know how this all started. I want to know how she got onto the shamanic path. I mean, what happened to to take her down that road? Oh. It's a wonderful story. Okay. I, as I said, I had I had been playing with all kinds of different um, kinds of medica- meditation and out of body experiences when I was in, um, 17, 18 years old, and following the instructions of Carlos Castaneda um, until some pretty horrific. Well, just scary things happened. My whole house started turning around and poltergeists arrived. And um, Then I went into a meditation, didn't come back for three days. Well, no one told me about the silver thing. String. And uh, at that point, I think about when I was 18, I said, okay, I'm done with this. At no time did I ever connect it with God at that. I was, um, I was an atheist. But this, these were spirits that I worked with that I that didn't have anything to do with God, and I just kind of abandoned it and carried on my life. Um, in 1993 or 92, I was coming out of a very abusive marriage, and I was very angry, and I decided I was going to write about it. And... I had to go to the bookstore to find autobiographical novels because I hadn't know how they were written. But I was going to write about what happened and make money out of it. That was my plan. Um, and I went to the bookstore down the road and Shirley MacLaine's Out on a Limb fell off, fell off the shelf. And I thought, oh, well, that's Shirley always fun. Okay, I know her. <laughs> the, the jumping books. She wrote, I, I, it's I know an those autobiographical guys. novel. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> they I do. That they jump. That's fun. <laughs> um, I finished reading her book, and I went back to the store to find another one, and uh, that's when one of Lynn's books fell off the shelf. It wasn't didn't fall off the shelf. It was smack in front of me, and it was Star Woman. Um, it was like her fourth book, and I just pulled it out and looked at it and had all these illustrations and poems and it was by a woman called Lynn Andrews I'd never heard of um, and I just started reading that and I felt I'd come home. I didn't know I was reading about shamanism. I didn't know what I was reading. Um, Over the course of about four years I read every single word that Lynn wrote and decided I was on the path of heart and tried to emulate what her teachings were through the books. 
and I did that unsuccessfully for many, many, many years. Um, I knew that she had just started a school when I was reading her books. I remember I applied for a position for a uh, application form for her school, and the first sentence was the first uh, question was, "What is your intent?" And I didn't know what intent was. Nobody had ever asked uh-huh. me what my was. I well, I guess intent. I'm that's school. When I'm camping and sleep, when I sleep, when I'm camping, I'm intense. <laughs> right? There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I didn't know. I didn't understand the question. I said, well, I guess I'm not ready for the school, and there's no way I'll get into the school if I don't even know what the questions mean. So I kept reading her books. Um, in 2005, I was at my wit's end commuting 150 miles a day and, you know, on the rat race and doing tax seasons and extremely unhappy, very angry. Still reading Lynn's books over and over and over again and suddenly something just kind of binged at me saying, you can't afford not to go this year to her gathering. Because every year I say, oh, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, I can't afford it. So I went to her gathering in 2005 or 2006, and one of the first meditations was the power animal meditation. And at that time, I had just lost my dog, Nano, who was more than a dog. Um, Everyone knew that. And uh, he came back to my power animal. (laughs) And I finished the meditation and I couldn't walk. I was totally, my legs were totally paralyzed, and I crawled over to Lynn on my knees, bawling my eyes out. Can your real dog be your power animal? (laughs) Did you understand that? (laughs) I mean, literally. And she looked at me, she said, of course, my dear, not always your power animal. And Lynn didn't know who I was. She'd never met me before. She didn't know Nano from Adam. And she turned around and she said, Nano is your power animal. And um, that was it. <laughs> yeah, that'll, I'm joining your I guess. school next that'll year. Huh? I looked at her I said, I'm joining your school next year. <laughs> and next the following February, I joined the school. Uh, it's a four-year program. Sit here, you're ordained. I joined the graduates uh, program, which is we call Kindred Spirits, and I'm in that circle as we speak. Um, I don't know if I'd be here today if I hadn't gone to the Lynn School. I don't know if, you know, I would have just had a crash on the freeway or whatever, but I was in self-propel mode, (laughs) as they say. And every day I'm grateful to the Sisterhood of the Shields who taught Lynn and to Lynn for bringing these teachings forward. And what I'm more grateful for is today I'm three, four years out of the school and I'm on Facebook and I'm out in the public and I'm listening to radio stations and shows like yours and we're all speaking the same language. So, Isn't it awesome? Nikki and Richard, <laughs> we have evolved. Big time. We oh, have. Dude. We absolutely. have jumped the changes. a huge hoop. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Couldn't agree more. I keep saying it. I'm like, you think 
you you think we're not going anywhere? They, you people need to look at at the shit that's that going asking, on in the last year. When, when is this <laughs> shift really going to start happening? Thing and, and, and I just am like, the blessed internet that has helped us do that. Oh, absolutely. I know, absolutely. I oh, of you know people There's slam internet. Facebook and they slam social media and and the internet and everything technological. Look what it's doing. It's making us realize we're all one. It's it's living proof that we're all one. I've always said as we begin to, you know, be more in alignment, then things like, things more representative of who we are as larger beings begin to manifest. Well, this is, we're all connected. We may not have that connection open, or we may not be listening or hearing, but we, we all are connected just like, you can be connected to as much or as little as you wish on the internet, and yeah. um, uh, you know, yeah. gosh, instant communication all around the globe. Yeah, that you know, speed of light's how our hearts communicate, and uh, uh, so it, it has been a beautiful thing to watch. What, what was it? Our friend Francisco <laughs> called it over there in Rome, Francis. Are you Pope? Yes, I mean, look new at the new pope. pope. I know, Holy right? Cow. Exactly. Can you imagine exactly. a new Pope that goes and pays his bill at the hotel and rents a car? Exactly. Exactly. This is this is what we've been saying for the last like year and a half. We've just been like, guys, how are you not seeing this? How can you and not? President see, Obama is the forty-fourth president. Like, how can you look out into our world today, knowing what it used to be like? And not just be swimming with gratitude for how far we've come. I mean, leaps and bounds. Our hearts have expanded exponentially over the last couple of years. And there's no chance of it slowing down now, baby. We're all in for this wild ride. And it's going to be so much fun. It's so nice to talk to somebody who gets that with as much enthusiasm as we get it. Because we're saying it all the bloody time. (laughs) They give us a bigger network. We do that too from all the rooftops because it it just is really, it's it's kind of time people to choose which one you want to look at. They're all, it's all here. It's always all here. Where else would it be? It's all here, of course. It's always all in the same spot. It's all now. It's all, but but that's the, you have to choose. Choose what you want to focus on. Turn. You know? Yes. And the energy, the energy is much, much more stronger than it used to be. Oh, it so much easier. It is easier to tune in now. Oh, it is. It used to take hours to tune in, and now I, I'm there. Just like it's um, all and here. And that's not just spiritual muscles. That's not just because I'm well-practiced. That has to do with the energies. Um, and... That's one of the reasons why Lynn moved her school this year. She moved the gathering this year. We, we've always met in Joshua Tree in California and in Ghost Ranch in New Mexico, and she's moved a you know, 25-year-old tradition to Sedona this year. And she said, no, we're going to Sedona. That's where the energy is. That's where I want us to be. We're going to be working in the vortexes. Um, everybody's very upset about it. What do you mean? We've been going there for 25 years. <laughs> Can't go somewhere else? What are you, what? She's like, no, we're going to Sedona. <laughs> I'm going to like, Sedona. Oh, I'm going to change your tickets. This is the way it is. 
Yes, if you have an opportunity in mid-June, check out LynnAndrews.com. Check out her Sedona gathering this year. Uh, Nikki, Richard, you will be drawn to it. I highly recommend you going there and also reading a wolf song. When are you two going to read it? Do I get to nag you? Well, it's my <laughs> it's my job to not know anything about you before you come on the air. That's my job. And although some of our guests are kind of like, eh? Um, it's because I'm supposed to bring the listener element to the show so I can ask the questions that, that a listener would ask if they didn't know anything about you or your work. So mm-hmm. I will read it after I've I've gotten to talk to you. And I know that's okay. a little weird, but that's how People we do think it. it seems a little weird, but... Well... That's fine. It's uh, all good. You, don't you, bring, you always bring assumptions with you of things that... Well, everybody knows that... Yeah. Nano is the well. I assume that people don't read it. Wolf and um, um, so, I assume that people don't read it. And then once there was a person that read it, and she was quoting things, and I was like, "Whoa, let me go grab it." Well, they go both ways. I think everybody should. Anything that's a story where you get the forgiveness. By way of gratitude, that uh, is a book I would highly right. recommend. Absolutely. You know, instead of b- begging your pardon, sir. Have you ever actually thought about what you say when you say that? Like you have to beg to get permission to breathe or something. Really. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Just stop it. Oh, sorry. We <clears throat> the Victorian conditioning... Um, you know, when you think about how uncivilized people were before Victorian manor came in, you kind of understand why they went to such an extreme. Because anything went before then. As far as I can remember, especially in English folklore and stuff like that. Before the Victorian era, they were very uncivilized with each other. I mean... The new women were wenches, and um, it was it was a very very rough time. So I think when they did bring in the loyal conservative mannerisms and bring them into the schools and everything, it did civilize people a little. It stabilized them a little. It stopped them, you know. And they were thinking about others, and they were. It, I think you can only do it in stages. Oh, I agree. And we are where we are now because it's now. Oh, and, of course. And We're then have standing to on the shoulders, of, standing on the shoulders of all those who came before us. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. and five minutes ago. Interesting, yeah. interesting part of experience. Um, you you got to go to school. I didn't. <laughs> I got thrown into it. Like literally, two weeks warning. You're going to the Philippines to write a book, and your journey starts now. Okay, um, so I've been learning on my feet, so to speak, and I've had, I, I really have had some of the greatest teachers on the planet, so I, I can't complain at all, um, but throughout that journey, there was a point along that journey where I, I would look back at the past and be really angry at some of the things that we'd done to each other, and I'd get really discouraged and really like, how could we have to, but... 
once I finally figured it out, once I really truly learned to appreciate the complexity of creation, once I could embrace the concept of duality in all its glorious many shapes and forms and, and vibrant colors, then I could look back on the history and go, without that, we don't have this. Yeah. So God bless the histories. Yeah. All the suffering and the war and the angst and the, and the pain and, and all the confusion and the lies and the manipulations and all of that stuff that we pull up as proof that there's bad people in the world. No. That was just part of the journey. It was just part of the experience. It was part of the adventure. It was part of the life lessons. We had yeah. to go there to get here. So yeah. why are we so mad about going there? We shouldn't be. You we did it for a reason. Nothing. We don't love each other, love, love ourselves enough. It's self-love. They don't love each other enough. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, that's okay. And I, yeah, that's it. That that's it. I would look back and I'd be there was so much anger and resentment. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And I still, even today, like two and a half years doing the show, I've been uh, to places I can't even imagine. I've seen things that I stories I have to tell that people would be like, that couldn't have happened. <laughs> yes, it did. It happened. I saw it. I was there. But having, even after all of that, I still get my moments, my moments of, of, of soapboxedness, my moments of judgment, my moments of, look, look over there. That's yucky. But I'm learning. And it's, it's a practice. It's something you have to be aware of every day. You have to be conscious of every day. Because you have to choose how you're going to look at the world. You have to make exactly. sure that it's a choice. Yeah. And Nothing so, you know, I... you change. You, that's exactly it. But as soon as I changed, oh my goodness, did everything else around me change. Like everything. The people I knew. People I'd known for years. Year. Okay, here's a story for you. And I haven't told Rick this story either. My <laughs> my oh, demon goody, husband goody. and I went out. Oh, this is a good story. My demon husband and I went out this weekend to see an old friend of his. So this is an old, I mean, we have our histories. My husband has his stuff. He has his past. He's no saint. He's an ex-con. So this is one of his old buddies from back in the day, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened, but here we are sitting in this sports bar. And the next thing I know, we are having an in-depth discussion about the nature of reality and creation and what is God. And it blew my mind. He was not only engaged and interested, he brought it up. And he understood exactly everything that we were explaining. And my husband, of course, can I, I only speak English. Both of them, well, my husband speaks English and French, and his friend only speaks French. So my husband had to translate everything for him that I was saying. But he got it. He got it. And it was mind-blowing. I could not believe, I mean, we spent like half an hour in the car driving home going, I cannot believe we just had that conversation with him, of all people. The last person on the planet that I would have thought we'd 
are you what? Are you kidding? Wow. It's like what? that. It really is like that. It, it But it's like that. As soon as you change, the people around you just open up like flowers. You start shining your light, they're like, Oh yeah, sunlight, give me more. It's astounding. It's, it's amazing. It's a, and, and that is a ministry in itself. Just being that shining light. If you do nothing else and you're just that shining light, you've done everything you have to do. Because projecting, uh, light, onto the earth and projecting light onto the earth and onto others is one of the biggest things we can do as humans. And I didn't get it for the longest time. For the longest time, I wanted to wrestle people to the ground. I wanted to shove the truth down their throats. I wanted to tell them how it was because they needed to know. They needed to wake up. And now it's just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It only matters what I, how I see it. That's all that matters. If I can walk around this planet with perfect faith in humanity, then there is nothing left to save. It's a done That's deal. It. Because you're doing by example. And that's all we can I tell do. you I tell you, the road to hell really truly is paved with good intentions. Because every good intention you have is around this idea that there's somebody out there that needs to be helped. There's somebody out there that needs to be woken up. There's somebody out there that needs to be made well or made whole or fixed. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you want to be the fixer, when you want to be the teacher, when you want to be... You're creating things, people to teach. You're creating a world that needs to be healed. Yeah. And when we tell stories, we heal in the same way. There's an ancient storytelling healing technique. It's called the twisted hair storytelling. And they've been doing this all over the world, all the, you know, the native people and the shamans and the medicine people within those tribes. They will, you know, you might need to healing and they won't do the big thing with all the spirits and everything like that. And they say, no, this is a story, this is storytelling healing. And the way they do it is a different kind of will. And what they do is they go, from the south again into the emotional, but then they go back and forth between the east and the west within the story. So they create the friction and they create the energy for the listener to start to be open to the teaching. Then they go up to the north and they bring spirit in. Um, And just by telling a person a story and bringing them energetically to a place where they can receive love, is going to help heal them. So, of course, you're up in the north, and then you come straight down into the ordinary, and you realize the inspiration and everything from the story and the moral of the story. It's another way of healing people. But that is what you you do when you tell that story about your meeting in the sports bar, Nikki. You bring other people by by explaining how someone that you would never, never, never expect to understand what you're talking about 
to go so deep and speak about spirit when you yourself show the example of knowing spirit yourself. But within that story, when you tell that story, other people heal from it. Well, and I think there's there's just something inherent in quote-unquote story structure, because people that have never heard of story structure in some literature class tell stories in the same way. And there's something about stories that, because like you said, you, you it's almost as if, you know, oh, okay, I understand. You don't know any other energetic path that, you know, so this is impossible. But here's one. See? Mm-hmm. Here's one. Here's an option. And... That's the incredible gift is then they can go, oh, it doesn't have to be impossible. Maybe. And then it's, it doesn't have to be impossible. And then they're, we, like us. Oh, how did that happen? <laughs> George did it. <clears throat> we told people, it's always yeah. George's fault. We have an excellent... It's always George's fault. It's always George's. And, 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 always George's Excellent. Superb executive producer, George. Well, the crows agree as well. And, uh, That's my daughter's totem. Decided, yes. The crows, they She's decided a crow. to stand over us as we were talking about the storytelling, and then they're storytellers, the crows. My, my daughter's totem is, 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 the, uh, is the raven, the crow. The crow. Oh, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it came to her. She was, angel she was 12. It was, she was 12 and came to her in a dream, and she just came out and said, I think my my totem animal is a, is a raven. And that was it. That was the last time we had the conversation. And, and sure enough, she's a, she's a storyteller. She's a writer. That's what she does. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. That's my kid. Yes. Amazing little light, that one. Tiny human, medium-sized human. What is your totem? Oh, you mean the wolves didn't tell you? <laughs> I didn't ask him. You should ask him. <laughs> that would be curious. Hmm. When I like. Don't want to like put you on the spot or give you a test or something. I didn't put her on the spot or anything. <laughs> no, no, right. I'm, yeah. asking him. I'm asking him. I'm asking him. That's awesome. I see. Actually, I'm seeing a cat of some kind. A big cat of some kind. I'm going to be a cat. Definitely cat is right. <laughs> A jag or a leopard or something, something around there. And the reason why I say that is because there's a black leopard that is just jumping around dancing in front of me right now. Uh, yes. <laughs> the black cat is, is, is often in, in my journey. Yes, that, that's definitely one of them. I have several. <laughs> The big black cat. Yeah, we do. We do. Black yeah. cat. Um, but but, but one of the most prominent. I want to be known. 
One one of the most prominent has interestingly enough been been the Firebird, the Phoenix. She continues to come up over and over and over again. Oh, well then you have something to look forward to in a wolf song. Of course, I I've never known. <laughs> really. Admit you. I've never really known. I, I did a meditation one time where I was supposed to meet my totem animal, and I didn't really. I I didn't notice or something. I don't know. So I'm curious. Well, I mean, that's the one. I have Nestor, and I have. Um, I have Nestor. I have George. I have you know friends, but I've never really quite connected. People have called me things. One animal communicator calls me a tiger. Um, I like I like big cats, but I've always been a bit more of a dog person. I don't know why. When I was a kid, I was allergic to cats, but they don't bother me anymore. <laughs> well, I went away. I got better. <clears throat> or something. Well, one time you'll go to a meditation, and it'll be the meditation that'll show you where it is, who it is, or you'll dream it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've always found is I let the animal circle me. Um, but I go to a place that there's a lot of animals. So in order to single out who is communicating with me, I will let the animal circle me, and it's the animal that circles me is the animal that I'm working with during that meditation. That's a cool visual. I like that. And I'm a seer, so what happens is people will talk, and I'll see things while they talk. So while you were talking, Nikki, I saw the black cat. More of a panther, a big, a big one, not a small one. No, it's definitely it's definitely ice, been a prominent totem animal in in my journey. Calm kitty, absolutely. Ice, ice ki- calm kitty. Yeah. Stay over there. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't know anything about that. My sis, spirit sister. We're not genetically related that we know of. I mean, we're well, we're both humans. That covers about ninety nine point nine percent of it, I think. <laughs> There's probably some intermingled bloodline in there somewhere, I'm sure. Going back, who knows how many generations. Absolutely. No telling. No telling. But I always wonder that. Everybody wants to talk about genetic differences. And, and, you know, we share like 98% of our DNA with chimpanzees. So the stuff that makes us different colors and heights and colors of eyes has got to be like a tenth of a percent. So how how much more closely related do you want to be? Genetically, if you're going to go that route, brothers and sisters. Yeah. Well, okay, there's that one-tenth of one percent, but (laughs) what's that among friends? (laughs) Now you're just being picky. Yeah, yeah, now you're just being picky. Okay, I'll put the soapbox back in the closet. I haven't worked with any monkeys in the dream time, but you've given me an idea I should. Well, I had monkeys I in... I really haven't worked with monkeys in, in the dream time ever. I um, spent six months recently in Costa Rica, and I had monkeys that came and had coffee with me every morning. 
About 5.30 in the morning, monkeys. Moms with babies on their back, they would just curious and come right up to you practically and be like, what are you? You're weird. (laughs) Where in Costa Rica were you? Uh, Down on the South Pacific coast, uh, closest to Uvita, between Uvita and Dominical. Uh, Pretty much uh, rainforest meets Pacific Ocean. Yeah, there's a lot of people down there. I had a friend who lived down there and had a cocoa plantation. And um, she's a Canadian, actually, and she was murdered by um, by a poacher. She's trying to um, protect the sleuth. And just about wow. two years ago. Oh, that's a bummer. I yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of that going on around, but I never had a uh, just a lick of trouble. I didn't lock anything. I didn't do anything. And um, But I'm weird that way. People catch me all the time. I just live in Houston. I, somebody come to visit in the morning. They go, dude, your door's unlocked. I go, yeah, I must have forgot when I went to bed. Yeah, you can't do that. That's, that's not safe. I said, well, it's been working for me for years. Send me 50 of them. But okay. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. I generally try to think about it and do the thing I'm supposed to do. But... Eh, sometimes I forget. What? Get worried about it. All right, the dog's going crazy again. <laughs> My dog is dead. They they think I'm gone. I went out the front door. Tiptoed away. There's no sneaking away from Rick's dog. <laughs> it doesn't happen. So Molly will find you. Little little thief she is. So, if if I'm well, I'm just wondering what's the what's the well, we've got this. No, I can't. I lost it. Uh oh, <laughs> scared it away. Uh, we've got this going around the wheel, taking it around, something around the wheel. That's a marvelous tool. Uh, I bet that's probably not the only. What 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 other kind of tools can readers take away from Wolf Story? Well, um, I just had an idea as we were talking, and it takes us a little bit back to the wheel, but there's uh, a wolf song is actually a wolf song, and every chapter in the book has a verse, and I'm going to read you a verse of the wolf song, which talks about the medicine wheel. Cool. I call in the powers of the four directions. I call in the clouds of the seven chakras. I call in great spirits. I call in Mother Earth. I call in Father Sky and the stars and the moon above us. May our spirits unite. May I be whole and true. May my splits be mere wrinkles in the sea of life. And may my wave be calm and full as they renew with each time they hit my shore. My dear wolf spirit within, come without the shadow that stalks you. Bring her in and love her as you would your own. Let her merge with you, become you as you become her. And yours will be mine and mine will be yours infinitely. And I'm looking at the phoenix. 
This is on the cover, the back cover of the book. The oh, Phoenix awesome. was produced by the individual flames taken from our sacred fires over the years at the gatherings. Every Saturday night, we do a sacred fire during the gathering. And Susan took photographs of it, and she took the flames from each fire and built the phoenix from it. Wow. And that's on the back cover of the book, so you'll enjoy that. I bet you that's a stunning piece of artistry. It really is. I'm looking at it now. Just looking to see if there's something else that I'd like to read. Would you like me to read a little? Sure. I've got another verse for us. That'd be awesome. <laughs> another verse, the wolf song. Okay. <clears throat> oh, softly I touch with my paw so dear. Those steps I see you take and draw back to me, your source. I give you a pass. Walk on it strong. Stay there, stay put, and hold on tight. There may be movement for our stream together. And my journey yet here and now will be watching you from afar. Hannah, lying in her bed, felt the words stream in. On fully adorned unicorns. Each one hopped off and filled her heart till it felt it would burst. She watched and caught them and listened and knew, and then she sang, Oh, wolf, dear, today I give you a verse of your wolf song. For you are with me and my heart is full from you. I see you. In you I see my celebration. In you I see my graduation. You are to me a second half, a piece dropped off and taken on. There, for when, for when's like this, for when's like now, when it's all gone and no one to fare, and all I see are presence everywhere. The leaf will flip and be and flop and be, and I will be. That's about as confusing as you can get. Now, you see, that's what happens with this book. It gets you really confused. It's like, where, what, when? Am I upside down or am I floating? And then the teaching comes. And then all of a sudden, they all come back down to earth and they say, what's really going on? I know our life was gone. I know you had a life outside of me. I gave it to you or I would have taken it away. Your mother, my wife, my son, your brother. Oh, death on me, dear daughter. I say forgive, forgive. And live, and live, and live. I say goodbye. And do not come to me. This is a very intense scene. <laughs> this is Hannah meeting her dad after she's killed, he's killed Stanley. Wow. I'm going to leave it at that. There's some very potent and powerful messages in there. Yeah. 
Very much so. Every, every sentence has a message. You could take out the sentences and put them on little posters in Facebook. And I didn't write them. I'm reading them to you now, and a lot of it is very unfamiliar to me. Still. Like Amazing that. Why, Where'd that come from? Here? Where'd that come from? Who wrote that? Somebody stuck that in my book. What happened? Yeah, and I decided that when I do read, that I'm not going to decide what I read. I'm going to open the book and let Spirit Guide. That's one thing I do want to do. And I'll probably regret it. No, no. Surely not. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. We'll see. Only looks my that first way reading. Sometimes. <laughs> I have my first reading, my first live reading on March 1st in my local town. Oh, how awesome. Well, that's exciting. Yes, that should be really exciting. And it's a good practice run for a really big one a couple weeks later uh, down in Corte Madeira, which is very, very, it's gonna, there are going to be 150 people there. So, and then I'm doing the New Life Expo in San Francisco on the 26th of April. I have a whole hour. And I think I'm going to have them do medicine spells. That's one of the ah, that would be so cool. Yeah. Big room full of people doing medicine wheels? No, definitely have them do medicine spells. Because that's how it works in our world, really. Stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, thank you. It's very cool. Another idea just came. I may do medicine wheels and have them identify something they want to forgive. Put forgiveness in the middle. Mm. Mm. That would be a very powerful session. That would be an adventure. Yeah. There you go. And it really primed the audience for, um, for the talk. They'll be all excited about playing in your virtual sandbox. (laughs) <laughs> really? I'm down. That's awesome. I'm over. That's awesome. It's good stuff. See, that's we just converse. We don't have questions much, and don't except what comes to us. They come to us sometimes, but no pre-planned questions, no pre-planned agenda, and the genius just goes poof, pops out. Mm. Poof. Hi, I'm genius. Because humans are awesome. I Indeed. heard some. I heard tell from somebody. Some Canadian <laughs> truth sayer <clears throat> told me that. <laughs> so we've got uh, probably about five minutes left to go. I want to be sure that everybody knows how to find right your website, Lisa, and and uh, mm-hmm. and find the book. Uh, of course, we'll have links to everything on our archive on our website. But um, your main website is just Lisa Osina, yes. Dot com. Yes. Yes, and I have an author page on Facebook, and I'm very active there. Um, and I put up all my events there and everything. Um, and then that's just Lisa Osina. Um, and the home page has a video that you can watch as well. It's the video I did for the Kickstarter.com project. I did. Uh, I raised some funds to self-publish. Awesome. Um, you'll, enjoy, you'll enjoy that. Watch I love that. some yeah, Kickstarter fun. and Indiegogo. And there's so many cool things are coming out of there. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my project wasn't successful, but everyone followed up with a check. So it worked. I didn't, you know, of course I didn't, have, friend, I didn't bring my, my total amount, but um, I got half of it. Our friend, uh, well, and that's awesome, and, and apparently got the job done. And uh, our friend uh, Daryl Anka got on, and he did his project didn't fund, but people that wound up being his uh, production partners and and getting it, getting the funds and getting it released, discovered him through his Indiegogo campaign. So even though the campaign itself wasn't successful, it was still how he found the funding for his movie. So, so it's always successful. Yeah, it's always something. Oh wait! I mean, uh, let me just put it out good. there. If any, if anyone knows Oprah Winfrey and knows how to get a copy of a Wolf Song into her hands, I would love her to read it, and I'd love to do Super Soul Sunday. Have you guys watched that? I haven't seen it. No, but I've heard tell. Phenomenal. I've heard people say wonderful things. Network uh, TV. Network you have to come TV. down here to. You have to come down here to Arizona for some of the. Some of the festivals, of course, Sedona's only a couple hours from here, and there's a big mm-hmm. uh, Celebrate Your Life festival going on this past weekend, and Oprah Winfrey TV crew was there. So, they were. Yeah. I missed Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm stalking her. I want to I get this book into her hands. I think she'll love it. Well, I, I have this on-air broadcast partner and, and spirit sister, uh, Nikki Leach, and she aspires to be now. How did it go again, Nikki? Oprah, with a. Oh, Oprah with a little dash of actually more Ellen with a little dash of Oprah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but started off really early on when she was still a little bit of Phil, to get on a little the bit of Oprah and a little bit of Ellen. She'd say, "Bring yeah, it on." <laughs> some, I want to be Oprah. Nikki, Lincoln. I'll be your first guest. Yeah. Well, here you are. See. I would love it. We need we need more programs like that, and I welcome them. I just I think it's amazing that we have spiritualism on network TV on Sundays. Well, I want to huge step. Take advantage of the door that just swung wide open and plug our morning show, if I may. Indeed, Um, yeah. We've just begun five days a week from nine to eleven Eastern with a replay at 9 to 11 Pacific, if you don't want to you know, catch it at 6 a.m. Pacific time, live. Um, and available archives? Available archives of the last you know, couple of, at least a, probably a dozen shows archived up there. Uh, we may not, we're going to be generating so many that we may not keep all of them like we've done with the evening Everyday Connection. Uh, I think we'll leave a week up and then take it down and put the new week up. Sounds like a reasonable thing you know, to me. Yeah. So, um, but we hope everybody would check that out, and it's on a network called The Flow Cooperative. So it's at theflowcooperative.com. Uh, it's tremendous. Brand new spot. network. Brand new network, brand new show from uh, Usens, Weens, here over at Everyday Connection. Um, you know, you got these morning magazine-type shows on, morning news magazine things, today shows, and Good Morning Americas, and Good Morning UK, and... Good morning, Australia. And it really <clears throat> doesn't sound like a very good morning when I, I've watched this show. They don't make it sound like a very good morning. 
it's just me on that. I'm not trying to convince anybody anything, but we cover good news, and we managed to fill two hours like with in a flash. So no shortage of the good news going on around. And uh, of so, good you know, news and inspiration and and amazing contributions from people around the planet um, who are acting as correspondents for Everyday Connection. We have a global team. You know. Yes. You don't Fun. have to. You don't cool. have to be the CBC or the BBC to be able to say, and now oh. our correspondent from Malta, Simon, he's on the okay. sofa, apparently. We've got correspondents from the UK. We've got correspondents from Malta. We have correspondents from USA and from Canada. And that, that is just so far. And, and we have some people that we're approaching. We only I launched today. I won't name names, <laughs> but as we haven't finished the approaching, but like we, there's a, person we'd love to have be our travel correspondent and so I contacted him and said I wanted to talk with him and he said well I'm going to be trekking in the Himalayas for the next three days perhaps we can talk when I get back and I was like yes see that's our travel correspondent he's busy trekking in the Himalayas but he'll get right back with you (laughs) (laughs) speaks well of a travel correspondent I think absolutely but also get by our website at everydayconnection.me, the show about the waking up, the information about the waking up show and all of our wonderful correspondence. And there will, of course, be an archive of uh, tonight's conversation with links to Lisa's website and the book and Indeed. all that good stuff. Because uh, you guys should check it out. It sounds like I, I can say the medicine wheel was a was an interesting and, and uh, illuminating tool. It's Probably not the last time I'll. It really, really was. I'm really, I'm really surprised at the some other, of the things I wrote down. The other, you asked me about another tool, and I can fairly say that we can use gratitude as a tool. And if mm. you get in the habit of just getting a little gratitude notebook and writing down five things you're grateful for every day, you will find that within a month you will find yourself in a state of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude, it, people. It will change the energy within you. It would, and which changes your entire experience. It really, Absolutely. really does. And um, so some awesome tools. Uh, we love us some tools for the toolbox because it is. It's choice, but it's choose and choose again. It's not like, you know, oh, yeah, I voted Enlightenment back in... 2012, so I'm cool. Really? How's that working out for you? (laughs) And so, you know, again, uh, make that everyday connection in the morning, whether you join us on the show, whether you, however you do it, get up in the morning and and be happy about something, be grateful about something. It's a great way to start. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Lisa, and for sharing your time, talent, and treasure with the world. It's just awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Richard, Nikki, it's been wonderful. Our pleasure. We had fun. It's our, it's our goal. We succeeded again. Success. It's, oh, am I, I'm supposed to do that on the post-show stuffs. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, so evening shows, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m., on theflowcooperative.com. Uh, if you want to catch them when they're coming off, they will still be 
recorded because we have to work around this morning show thing because it's quite the mm-hmm. it's quite the adventure. We're having so much fun. You should come play. So join us again next time. Check out the morning show. But until then, to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. To a flow cooperative bringing you the sounds of an awakening world. So, you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.